Um, get your Bibles and, and turn with me to um, 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. And um, I, I, I'm really excited about the, the, the passage that God has for us, the verse, uh, verses that God has. That, but I'm excited about the word that God has. Um, and just to tell you, I, this was not the message I had written. <laughs> um, yeah, I had one of those, one of those moments. Um, uh, w- when we were growing up, we grew up in a genre of religion and church where a lot of times you'd have a guest speaker and they would get up right after worship and say, well, I was going to preach on a, this, but I just felt like this. And, and it was always scary because you just told me you're about to preach something that's not prepared. And, and while that can be wonderful because you feel that from the Holy Spirit, we're just wondering how long we're going to be here. And um, <laughs> so I've kind of asked God, like, God, you can change my message anytime you want to, but could we not do it the day of? Like, at least give me 24 hours to stay up all night and cram for the final. You understand what I'm saying? Like, give me a little time. So, um, so I had a message plan at, for this weekend, and um, Monday... I was in prayer uh, here and I was praying for you, really. And, um, and God spoke to me a very simple but very clear word. And, um, and so I'm just going to preach the word to you that he, he gave me. And, and it was essentially this. As I was praying on Monday and I was praying for you and there's situations and people in the church. I know what you're going through and I'm, I'm, I'm with you and I'm praying for you. Uh, then there are people in the church that I, I don't know. You haven't maybe haven't told me or maybe I just don't know. It's not that I don't care, but I don't know what your situation is. But I pray for you too because I pray like, God, I don't know all the situations, but I know you do and I can partner with the Holy Spirit and we can pray for the people. And as I was praying, uh, I also just, a lot of times I'll stop and listen because sometimes we, we forget that part of prayer is listening. And, um, and when I got still, um, come on, Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes you don't get to know he's God till you're still. And sometimes it's really hard for us to be still. <laughs> and, um, but I got still and uh, I heard this from the Lord. He said, I want you to live in breakthrough. I want you to live in, not hope for, but live in. And, um, and, when I heard that, all of a sudden, because the way my mind works, um, we hear from the Lord, but he's never going to say something that contradicts his written word. You understand? So when I hear something from the Lord, my mind goes to the Bible like I, I, need, I need verses to make sure this is the Lord. Now, I know I felt what I felt, and I believe I heard what I heard, but I know if it's a word from God, it, it will always line up with the written word. And if it doesn't line up with the written word, it wasn't a word from God, right? You need to, it was pizza, you understand? And so, um, and so immediately I started thinking, and I thought about these two verses immediately. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. Now look at that. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. And then this one, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what I saw when, when God said that. He said, because of Jesus, you can live and break through. That Jesus, remember it said he always leads us in triumph. And I thought about a boat going through, through a, a lake 
And if you've ever like gone skiing, um, I, I don't do, this doesn't do that, but some people do. And um, yeah. And, and so I, I'm more useful if you need to trudge the bottom. I'll hold on the line. You take off. I'll go to the bottom. You know what I'm saying? I, but up on top of the water, not so much. But, but I thought about how a boat will cut through the waves and it leads a wake. And you can get on a wakeboard and ride the wake of the boat. And that is what Jesus has done. His victory has become our victory. So we are not living for victory. We are living from victory because of what he's done. So he is our breakthrough. And because he is our breakthrough, now we can, by faith, live in the wake of his breakthrough. You understand what I'm saying? Like we don't start where Jesus started. We start at the resurrection. We start at the empty tomb. We start where he finished. You understand? And, and so I thought about sometimes, and, and I'm, I don't want this to sound in any way condescending, but sometimes people are always saying, you know, we're praying for a revival or we're praying for a breakthrough. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray for those things at all. But sometimes the vernacular will come out this way. God is going to do something. When truthfully, God is doing something. Seen or unseen, God is doing something. And, and I'm afraid sometimes when, when we talk about a, a move of God or breakthrough or revival or something like that, and we say God is going to send a revival, someday there's going to be, then it's almost like prophetically we are pushing off what God wants to do today until another time because we're declaring it's not yet, it's someday. Hebrews 11 says faith now faith is. Now faith is. So faith is never active in the future because you're not in the future. You are in the present. So where faith is active is now. Now faith is. Now. So where we need to to be with God is like God is moving. We are living in breakthrough. Yes, we're praying for the fruition and the fulfillment. And yes, but God is moving today. Faith is active today. When I start saying someday I am moving faith to the future, it can't be active in the future. It can only be active in the present. It has to be today. And sometimes we miss God is a now God. Right? God is a... Like now is the time, today is the day of salvation. God is always working now. We get so caught up in next that we miss that God is working now. Are you with me? And so when, when I heard this from the Lord, I'm like, God, you, I felt like this is for our church. Like, I didn't feel like it's for me. There are times God says things to me for me, and I don't share them with you because none of your business, right? And so, but this wasn't one of those things. I felt like God was saying, I want pathway to live and breakthrough. I want pathway to walk and breakthrough. And, and so I just, I want to, I want to bring that to you today. And, and, and when, when I read these scriptures, 
You know, he always leads us in triumph. He always um, brings us into victory. I thought about every, every verse that we quote is a breakthrough verse. I mean, let me just run through some that you quote. Uh, Romans 8.37, yet in all these things. How many things? All. all these things we are more than conquerors. Conquerors? No, 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 more than conquerors. What does that mean? It means we live in someone else's conquest. More than conquerors mean the conqueror came and conquered and we live in what they conquered. Are you with me? It's, it's a breakthrough verse. Romans 8, 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? All right, we said this one last week at the end of worship. We said if God's on your side, the other side doesn't matter. Romans 6, 14, sin will not have dominion over you. You're not under law, but under grace. It's a breakthrough verse. Uh, John 8, 36, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Um, 1 John 5, 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. How many have been born of God? What does the Bible say? You overcome the world. I don't feel like it. The Bible's not asking you what you feel like. <laughs> Stop telling God what you feel like and start telling the world what his words say. You know? Anyways, Romans 4, 13, we're heirs of the world. Romans 8, we're joint heirs with Christ. Matthew 16, 18, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. You understand, so many times we look at it like we're on the defensive and hell is on, hell is on the offensive, but not according to what Jesus said. Right. He said, on this rock, what is the rock? The revelation of who Jesus is, meaning if I know Jesus, I'm in the wake, right? And so on this rock, what well, he said, I'll build my church and what? The gates of hell will not prevail. Well, gates are a defense, not an offense. So he's saying that you're on the offense. Listen. Some of you need to change your strategy and play offense for a while. You need to play offense for a while. And so, so I want to talk about this. Now, when you study the Bible, when you study the Bible, most of you have heard this because someone, you know, pastor, someone said this, or you read it in a book, saw it on YouTube, whatever. But, but when you're studying the Bible, there's the, um, what they call the law of first mention in the Bible, meaning when you're studying something in the Bible, a great place to start is go back and say, well, where was this first mentioned in the Bible? Um, because... That's, I mean, you start at the beginning, right? So th there's going to be what was the context, what was going on. So when we talk about the word breakthrough, it was first mentioned in 2 Samuel chapter 5. It's the first place. And so that's the obvious text we have to talk about today. And uh, so we're there, 2 Samuel, if you're there, uh, chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed King uh, David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Raphaim. Now, I, I like that for a couple of things. Now, why did they go there? Because that valley was the valley of giants. So it was an intimidation tactic. The problem was they were fighting David. You don't fight a giant killer in a giant valley. I just like that. I just feel like for, for some of you, it's just time. It is time that you win over where the enemies tried to intimidate you. Yeah. Amen. Good word. Yeah. It is time. You, you say, okay, bring it on in the Valley of Giants. I got your giant right here, Bubba. I got giant faith. There it is. I can... 
So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up. I will doubtless, oh, I like that word. You should underline that in your Bible. I will doubtless deliver the Philistines in your hand. Listen, if you, want, if you have doubt, you need a word from God because if you have a word from God, you will doubt less. Well, that was a good word right there. That's somebody's word. Take that home with you. So David went to Belperazim and God defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of the place Belperazim. And they left their images. That's their idols. <laughs> that's bad, isn't it? When you bring your God into war and get, get whooped so bad, you leave your God in the war that you just got whooped in. They left their images or idols, and David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Raphaim. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord again, and he said, You shall not go up, but circle around behind them and come upon them from in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly for the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Come on, somebody. I want to, I just call this message what I felt like God said. I don't have a sneaky title for you. It's just simply this living and breakthrough. I want to talk about living and breakthrough. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for all of us, Lord, just this simple thing that all of us would leave here having heard a word from you. And maybe some already have in the worship or anything that's happened, but, but God, I just pray we would all lean in that, that distractions would be eliminated and that we would lean in and God, that every person, whether online or in this room would leave with a word from you in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Living and breakthrough. I just three things, three points. They, they're all one word points and they all start with a, because God is so gracious and good to me. Right. And I need something simple. And he's like, I got you. You understand? And so write this down. Number one, number one, ask living in breakthrough. Number one, ask. Second Samuel 519, it says, so David inquired of the Lord. So David inquired of the Lord. I want you to look at David's first response to the enemy coming against him because he did two things. He ran to the stronghold and inquired of the Lord. He ran to the stronghold. Um, what you run to reveals what you trust in. While I love your Instagram post of Bible verses and worship songs, those are wonderful. And you shouldn't stop that. Be a light. You know what I'm saying? There's enough darkness in the world. Be a light, right? What I'm saying is if we really want to know what we trust in, then just wait until there's stress or an attack or the enemy comes, and the first thing you run to was actually the thing you've always been trusting in. David ran to the stronghold of the Lord. This is where we have to be. Like, um, he ran 
to, like the Bible says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous are that run into it and they are saved. Listen, he didn't run to a relationship. He didn't run to a Visa card. He didn't run to Google. He didn't run to Instagram. He didn't run fill in the blank. He ran to the, why? Because what I run to reveals what I trust in. And I was thinking about, see this word stronghold. A lot of you, when you think of stronghold, it carries a negative connotation because of what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, when he says, you know, we're pulling down these strongholds and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we understand in the New Testament that, that his, his inference, his explanation or, or the image that he uses, he uses this image of a stronghold, but he's saying essentially this this is a way of thinking that is contrary to God's way of thinking. But in the, in the Old Testament, a stronghold was a fortified place that they ran into, just like, the, like that image, the name of the Lord, what is, is a strong tower or a stronghold. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord, David said, is the stronghold of my life. And so in the Old Testament, they ran into the stronghold of the Lord for safety. And I thought, wouldn't this be cool if I used, um, if I kind of, if I did a mashup, you know what I'm saying? And, and I take the Old Testament picture and put it with the New Testament understanding. And I said, if the, if the New Testament says that a stronghold is a way of thinking, like a bad stronghold, is a way of thinking that is contrary to the Word of God, I thought, what if the stronghold of the Lord is a way of thinking that is contrary to my circumstance? Like it's a way of thinking in faith, not based on sight. I just thought this is, what, this is what we need to do. Like when the enemy comes, we need to take refuge in faith. We need to take refuge in trust. We need to take refuge in, like we need to run into God and say, you, like I'm going to start with you and not start with the situation. And so David ran to the stronghold, but it said, then he prayed. He, he inquired, I love that. He inquired of the Lord, like, like, like he prayed. Um, here's what I know from the Bible, and this is worth writing down. It's not revelation, but sometimes we just need to be reminded that every breakthrough has its origin in prayer. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I really, honestly, I don't know that you can find a breakthrough without prayer. Every breakthrough has its, has its origin in prayer. Just, just think about it. I just, wrote, I just jotted down examples that, that were hitting my mind. But Hannah was barren, and then she prayed, and God gave her Samuel. Hezekiah was surrounded, and he prayed, and God delivered him. He was sick, and he prayed, and God healed him. Daniel prayed for the protection of his people. Joshua prayed to get a strategy to, be, to surround Jericho and win the battle of Jericho. Jehoshaphat, when he was under siege by several armies, prayed, and God gave him a strategy to win the battle, to put the worship team out front. How, how many know that would be a wild day to be on the worship team? Get your tambourine and get right out there on front where they're going to shoot the arrows. How I many you know you'd become Pentecostal with that tambourine all of a sudden? <laughs> That's bad. Anyways, um, uh, Peter was in prison, but the church was praying. 
The disciples were afraid, but they prayed in Acts chapter 4, and the place where they were was shaken. They were filled with the Spirit and went out from there boldly proclaiming the works of God. Paul and Silas, we know many times they were in prison in the midnight hour, and we talk about how they sang. But if you actually read the text in Acts chapter 6, it said in midnight, they were praying and singing. And the prison was shaken and they were delivered. Second Chronicles, I mean, it's the famous prayer verse. If my people, Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then, when, after they prayed and humbled themselves and sought my face, then I will hear from heaven and then I will heal their land. You don't have a breakthrough without prayer. Like, I, I know as a church, you probably get tired of me talking about prayer. And this week, we're going to pray Monday at noon and Thursday at noon and Saturday at nine, right? And I am always, if I, here's what you need to know. If I'm not here, it's because it was impossible for me to be here. I usually don't take lunch appointments on those days. I don't put meetings on those days. If I'm, if I'm ever not at prayer, it's, it's because something else happened, right? So, so because it's that important to me, because I remember when, when we weren't seeing as much breakthrough as we're seeing now. I got a testimony from, from a husband in our church. He was telling me about his wife. His wife had had some physical ailments and symptoms and things. She was on medication for those things. And we were in worship a few weeks ago and the Lord told her, take your shoes off. And she argued with the Lord. She's like, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand why I'd want to take my shoes off in church. This is not anything. She's like, and, but it was so strong in her that finally she took her shoes off and just went back to worshiping. And she said, all of a sudden she felt heat from the bottom of her feet go up through her body. And she knew she was well and she stopped taking the medication and she's had no signs or symptoms or anything since then. Now, let me just clarify. I am not telling you to take your shoes off or to stop taking your medication. Please, I am not a doctor, okay? What I'm telling you is that, that prayer, it's the reason that we've seen some of the things that we've seen in recent months is because we're becoming a praying church. And, and I'm telling you that you don't get breakthrough without prayer. And you have to persist in prayer. I think sometimes the enemy works against us. I know he does me. And if he does me, I'm a normal guy just like you. And so he does you. And, and he'll say things like, well, you prayed about it and nothing happened. Right? Usually, now I'm going to flip the script. That's a sign if the enemy is telling you, you prayed and nothing's happening is because he started to see something happen and he's trying to get you to stop praying. Remember, he's the father of lies. But he will, he will tell us, I think, and we will feel that way, like, well, I prayed, and it's like, well, do I have to beg God? No, you don't have to beg God. And I asked God, and, and God didn't do anything, and I didn't see anything. But you need to understand, biblically, there are reasons we persist in prayer. We persist in prayer. Pastor Mark has a saying. He's like, you can never over pray. Like you just keep praying. What would it hurt? <laughs> but, but Bill, let me give you this real quick. There's reasons to persist in prayer that, that really are not because God's not 
You know, sometimes we look like God's holding the candy and he just won't give it to us. No matter how much we ask, he's like, no, not until you eat your beans. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, <laughs> eat the broccoli. Then you have the, you know, and it's like, God won't give me the candy. But that's not how it is. When you look at the Bible, there are reasons to persist in prayer. Number one, spiritual opposition. Yeah. When you read Daniel, look at this. Daniel prayed, but it took 21 days for the messenger to break through the spiritual opposition to bring the answer. And here's what he said. Oh, this is so good. Please hear this. Here's what he said. He said, <laughs> the angel said, the first day you prayed, I was dispatched. Somebody needs to know if you prayed, God's already moved. If you prayed, God's already started the answer. You're not trying to convince him. God's already moving. But there was spiritual opposition. So Daniel kept praying. So there's spiritual opposition. Here's the next thing. There's natural obstacles. Here's what I mean by that. The earth is not lined up with heaven. And since the earth is not lined up with heaven, you can say it is set against heaven. And sometimes we have to keep praying so that earth can change. Luke 18, Jesus is talking about a widow who is persisting to bring her cause before an unjust judge. Now understand what I just said. He's an unjust judge. So this is not a picture of God because God is a just God. Amen. Right? So this is a picture of earth, not heaven. And he's saying this widow continued to persist with her plea until finally the unjust judge said, I'm going to give her what she wants because she's wearing me out. What was that? It was she kept praying until earth lined up with heaven. So, so you, have, you have spiritual opposition and you have natural obstacles and then you have... <laughs> development. Sometimes God allows us to persist in prayer because it's the best thing for us. Because he's actually building our faith so that when we possess what we prayed for, we'll have the character and the faith and all to sustain it. In Mark chapter 9, um, Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. He comes down with, you know, the story. And when he gets to the bottom with, with, the, with, um, you know, with the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, and they get to the bottom, there's a, there's a commotion because a man with a demonized son brought the demonized boy to the disciples who were experienced in deliverance ministry. And we know that because they were shocked that this boy was not delivered, right? And so it wasn't, it, wasn't a divine experiment. They, they, they were experienced. And, and he said, what's the problem? Well, I brought my, my son to your disciples. They weren't able to help him. If you can do anything, and Jesus said, if you can believe. Now, I like this, this passage, and you've heard me talk about this before, but it's in the context. It needs to be said again. And that is that if you, I like Jesus' response because his response wasn't, well, if they tried, that's all there is. His response wasn't, you know, sometimes God will and sometimes God won't. No, his response is, we never stop short of breakthrough. 
And so his disciples then come to him and say, why couldn't we drive out? And he said, go back to prayer and fasting. In other words, when you don't see breakthrough, you don't quit. You go back to pray. You go back to the Father. You go back to prayer. And you go back to trust. But you don't stop short. When we're talking about breakthrough, David inquired of the Lord, right? And, and he said, God has broken through my enemies. Like, like water through a dam. That's kind of the picture, right? If you ever seen like a video of a dam that gets a crack and it starts a little trickle and, and then it gets more and then finally it just gives way, right? When you think about it, what is breaking through what when we say breakthrough? Here's the answer. Heaven is breaking through earth. Because you have earth set against heaven, the gates of hell. But they won't prevail because it breaks through. But what breaks through? Heaven. So anytime you see breakthrough, what you have is the reality of heaven breaking through, breaking down, overwhelming the reality of earth. Every miracle is this way. What's the reality of earth? There's a lame man. What's the reality of heaven? You're healed. So what happens? Peter and John, silver and gold, we don't have. But what we do have, we give to you. So in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And what happens? Heaven overwhelms earth. Heaven breaks through earth and he receives strength and he gets up and goes jumping and leaping and dancing and praising God. So every time you see breakthrough, all, what you have is the will of God and the kingdom of God breaking into or breaking through the natural realm of earth. So where is this accomplished? The origin's always in prayer. Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way, our Father out in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. He wasn't giving us busy work. Like, you know, pray this, but it's, you know, they're like, teach us praise. Like, well, prayer doesn't really work, but I'll give you some things that, you know, make you feel better. You can say them at weddings and funerals and church services. And no, no, no. He's like, pray this. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Why? Because prayer is the doorway through which heaven invades the earth. And this is what you see with David. And you know what? I'll, let me say this because point number one was asked. You know what with David? This, this is really good. David inquired of the Lord, but notice this. He didn't ask for deliverance. And he didn't ask for a blessing. He asked for instructions. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't ask for deliverance. I'm not saying you shouldn't ask for a blessing or provision, or any of those things. I'm saying that when you're looking for a breakthrough, instead of asking God to do it, ask God what you need to do. And, and we pray, and we pray for blessing, all those things. But when you pray, there's the Bible said, if anyone lacks wisdom, well, what is wisdom? Knowing what to do. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, James says, and, and he will give it liberally. 
Like, what's one prayer that God's going to always answer? Wisdom. Do you know there are three things that I pray for every day? For myself, this is my selfish time. There, there are several things, about five things that I pray for you every day. But out of that, I just pray for three things for me. How about that? It's a good deal for you. <laughs> um, but every, every day, I pray for wisdom. And I pray for favor. And I pray for the anointing of God to rest on my life. Now for you, I pray, or I don't have time for the list, but anyways. My favorite prayer for you right now is Jeremiah, where I say, God, it's the same thing I've been praying for my kids since they were born. But I pray it for you. Start Several years ago, I started praying it for you, but that is still my favorite. It's like, God, give them a heart to know you. It's my favorite thing to pray for you. I know your favorite thing would be like, Lord, give them the lottery or something. But my favorite thing for you is give them a heart to know you. But David asked asked for instruction. Listen, when you pray, always wait and listen. Like, ask God, God, what is the plan? What's the strategy? What are you doing? What do I need to know? What do I need to do? Like, stop and ask God. See, see, sometimes we think the power of prayer is what we what we get, but really the power of prayer many times is who we get to hear. Yes. That we can hear him. So ask. Here's the second thing: align. 2 Samuel 5, 19, it says, David inquired of the Lord, and he said, go up against the Philistines. Will you deliver my hand? And the Lord said, yep, go, and I will doubtless deliver the Philistines. So he said, go straight up. And I want you to understand, I was thinking about this as simple as this sounds. Um, that, that verse we read in 2 Corinthians says, thanks be to God who always leads us, leads us in triumph. And do y'all remember in like kindergarten, first grade, something like that, where, um, where you had a line leader and some days if it was your birthday or whatever, you got to be the line leader. Anybody else have this kind of big doings, you know? And then, at, you know, and then if you were number two, you got to be the door holder. Y'all remember that? You don't remember that? Y'all didn't go to the right school. <laughs> but the point was, it's like follow the leader. Once you had the leader, we all just followed the, the leader, right? It says he always leads me in triumph. The only place Jesus can lead you is victory. He cannot, nor will he. But I like the word cannot instead of will not. He cannot lead you in defeat. Because his word says, thanks be to God, who always leads us to victory. So what is the key to victory? Well, if he is going to lead me to victory, for me to get to victory, I have to get in line behind him. So the secret of walking into victory is staying in line with him. Not not getting impatient, not getting frustrated, not not turning around, not not getting distracted, but staying in line line with him. So I have to line up with him, with his will, with his directives, with his, with his prompting, with his leading. This is how, this is how we live. So we have to live in alignment. Now I'm going to go a little bit farther with that. You ready? You have to live in alignment, not assumption. It's not safe to assume. Here's what I mean by that. Look at this. So, so the Philistines come down to the, to the Valley of Raphael, right? Now, we know the Philistines. The Philistines were people who always fought God's people, right? They, they were sea people, probably came from the island of Crete. They kind of settle in north, 
kind of northwest of the promised land, if you will, and they were iron workers and they brewed beer. True story. <laughs> they were rednecks. And so, um, and so th- but they had idols like Baal and Asher, right, were their idols. So they come to attack, like they hear David's king, and they come to attack. And here's what's crazy to me. Maybe it's not crazy to you, but it was to me. What I noticed was, and David didn't assume he should go fight them. He went and asked the Lord, should I go fight them? If we make assumptions, sometimes we end up in battles God did not call us to. There are a lot of believers today fighting battles that God did not call them to. And if he didn't call you to it and it's not your, vict- it's not your battle, it's not your victory. And so you don't want to live in assumption. You want a word from God. If you don't believe me, people are fighting battles they're not called to. If you don't believe me, look at social media. There are Christian trolls out there fighting battles nobody has called them to. But here's what happens when we do that. Don't let the enemy determine what battles you fight. Let God determine what battles you fight. But I love it because David didn't assume. He didn't assume, well, this is the enemy and I should go fight him. He's like, no, Lord, should I go? And the Lord's like, yep, go straight up, right, right down the middle. Take care of them. And then look at this. It happens a second time. We, we read it. Well, look at this. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley. Once again, deployed, deployed themselves in the valley of Raphael. And, there, and then David inquired of the Lord again. And he said, you shall not go up like you did last time, but circle around and come in from, from the back where the mulberry trees are. And that shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the trees. Then you'll advance quickly for the Lord will go out before you and strike the Philistines. And he did, and God did, and they died, right? And so, <laughs> message version. Um, <laughs> but, but look at this. In this cra- look, at, look at what David, look. He didn't assume the first time because it was the enemy he should fight. And he didn't assume the second time because God told him to fight the first time that he was still supposed to fight the second time. Nor did he assume that he was supposed to fight the battle in the same way the second time as the first time. Some people are losing battles because you're fighting based on your knowledge and not God's word. You're fighting based on your experience and not his directives. And it's a trap we can all fall into. It's what, listen, David didn't pray because he didn't know what to do. This was one of the most decorated war heroes and generals of the Bible, if not the most ferocious warrior in the Bible. He knew military strategy and he knew what to do. He didn't pray because he didn't know what to do. He prayed because he wanted to know what God wanted him to do. Because the secret, the secret of, of, of breakthrough is, is positioning yourself where God is moving, not where you want God to move. Like, could you imagine? You, did you pay attention to what we just heard? Uh, what we just heard? What we just read? Well, you heard it because I read it. Yeah. 
But it's right. Like, imagine being new in David's army. And, and, and like this army comes out, Phil says, like, uh-oh, because they're iron workers, they got weapons, and, and they're drunk. <laughs> it's going to be bad. And, and David's like, going to go straight up, go straight up, annihilate them. Woo! Victory! Then they come back. If you're the young guy, you're like, well, we know how to do this. We just did this. And he's like, no, David's got to pray. Why? And David comes out. He says, guys, here's what we're going to do. Y'all remember how last time we went straight in before him like that and God gave us the victory? Yeah, we're not doing that. Okay, this time, guys, we're going to walk around behind them where the mulberry trees are, but we're not going to attack just then. We're going to wait till we hear the sound of men marching in trees. Then we got them. If you're the new guy, <laughs> you're wanting to know how many bottles of communion wine David had <laughs> while he was fellowshipping with the Lord. Because you're thinking, men don't march in trees. And you're right. But angels do. And the secret to breakthrough is not being where you want God to move, but being where God is moving and lining up with him and following him into victory. Here's the third thing. Act. Act. Ask, align, act. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20, it said, And David went. He inquired, and then David went. Verse 25 says, And David did as the Lord commanded. Listen, prayer is great. But after you pray, you're going to have to do whatever you heard God say. That, that, that this, is, this, is, this is breakthrough. If you think about it from the Bible, like Jehoshaphat got a breakthrough. Why? Because God said, do this, and he did it. Like, like God didn't say, I'll go down and, and defeat the army. He said, no, you're going to go down. So put the worship team in front and head that way. It was just as, the, as they went, God set ambushes on all their armies, on the, on the enemies, Right? Um, with Nehemiah, God didn't say, I'm going to annihilate the enemy and build the wall. He said, no, you put a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other and you fight and build. With Joshua, God didn't say, I'll go and, and, and take the city for you. He said, no, no, no. You march around it one time each day, seven days on the seventh day, march around it seven times. And Joshua did what God told him to do. If you want to see breakthrough, you're never going to get past doing what God tells you to do. And a lot of times where we get stuck. In fact, in, in Matthew chapter 5, there's a man. Solomon's colonnade is the setting. And so there were these porches. 
And uh, categorically, each porch was for a, a particular infirmity. So paralyzed or the blind, you know, those, those type, lame, you know, that. And so they were categorical. And there was this pool called Bethesda. And, and as rumor has it, it's in the word of God, but as rumor has it, um, there would be an angel that would come and trouble the water. And the first person in the pool after the water had been troubled was healed. And Jesus comes up to a, a man who's lame who's been here, I can't remember now, 30, 40 years. And, um, and he asked him this question, would you like to be well? Now, what's funny to me is I think that's a simple question. But you also have to understand that if God is asking you a question, it's not because he's short on information. And so... Jesus is asking a question because he's actually trying. Most of the time when God asks you a question, he's really trying to get to an issue that's in your heart. The question uncovers the issue. Because he asks this man, do you want to be made well? Now, let me ask you a question. If I said today, I'm going to give someone a million dollars. Now, I, obviously, I cannot. So I'd give it to build anyway if I was, you know, so anyways. But, but today, let's make it more believable, more believable. Elon Musk is here today, and he would like to give someone a million dollars. Would anyone want a million dollars? Not a hard question. Here's a man that's been lame 30 or 40 years. Would you like to be well? What should the answer be? What was his answer? Well, you see, I don't have anyone to put me in the pool. Isn't it interesting? This man thought he was still paralyzed because of what was going on outside of him. Jesus asked the question to reveal he was paralyzed on the outside, but a lot of it had to do because he was paralyzed on the inside. He was stuck on the inside because he still was talking about everybody else's responsibility, what everybody else did or didn't do, whatever everybody else had or didn't have. He, he, was, he was stuck as a victim and happy about it. The primary way you move from victim to victory is by taking responsibility and doing what God's called you to do. And so Jesus is asking the question, not because the man's lame on the outside, it's because the man's lame on the inside. And being lame on the inside worse than being lame on the outside. And he had to uncover the issue. Because he said, do you want to be made well? Well, you see, everybody else has somebody, but I don't have somebody. I wasn't asking what everybody else had. I wasn't asking what you didn't have. I was asking... Do you want to be made well? Today, God is not asking even what you think or I think, what you want or what you want, what you have, what you don't have, what, what you feel like God did for somebody and didn't do for you. God is asking, do you want breakthrough? And if you want breakthrough, you're going to have to act. You're going to have to pray. You have to line up with God. And you're going to have to do something. David won Two times, not because he waited on God to move, but because he went with God when God moved. 
That's how you get a breakthrough. Amen? Come on, can you give Jesus praise today? Why don't you stand? I'm going to ask our prayer team to come. And then really, I'm just going to pray over you that you would, whatever, whatever it is, that today, if you need to ask in here, if you need to line up somewhere, if, if you need to act in a certain way, then I'm just going to pray for all of our church. I, I, I feel like with, with this word, when God gives a word, he gives the power to complete it in the word. Every word from God has the power to complete. When the angel told Mary, uh, all things are possible with God, what he was saying, literally, if you go to the Greek, is every word from God has the power to complete itself or fulfill itself. And so to me, when God spoke, I want you to live in breakthrough, with that word, remember, it, it, it's, the word is the expression of his power. He holds all things together by the power of his word, Right? Or the word of his power. That's how it says, the word of his power. The word is the expression of power. So when God said, I want you to live in breakthrough, God was releasing a grace for breakthrough, a reality. And that's what I want us to step into. And that's what I want you to step into. And, and that's really just what I want to pray for you today. And then if you need a relationship with Jesus today, we're here to pray for you. If you need any, any, any prayer need, we are here to pray. But especially if you need a relationship with Jesus, um, then we'll have an opportunity in a minute to come. But right now, I just want to pray for you. And so will you bow your heads with me? And God, we pray today. I, I pray really for our church. And God, I really just felt like my, my assignment, really what you asked me to do was just release this word. And God, I just pray the seed of your word would be planted in the soil of our hearts. And God, where you have called us to live in breakthrough, to walk in breakthrough, in victory and in triumph. God, let us, let us get in line with Jesus and follow him into victory. So God, today I know maybe in this room, Lord, I know there's a lot of people in a lot of situations. Some I know, some I don't. But, but God, here's what I know is that the word of God applies to every one of us. And God, here's what I know is that in this room right now, some of us may need to ask you to inquire of the Lord, to ask for wisdom and instruction. So, some of us may need to line up to, to be where you're moving, to discern that, to know it, to line up with you. Some of us, God, we may be paralyzed on the inside and, and God, today we need to break through and walk in obedience and faith and, and step out and get out of doubt and fear and worry and anxiety and just do what you've called us to do. But God, whatever it is, God, we believe Jesus leads us in victory. And God, that's my prayer for every person in this room. God, that we would live in breakthrough. God, we thank you again for your word, for your goodness and grace. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Listen, if you need prayer, we want you to come. If you need a relationship with Jesus, we want you to come. Everyone else, we say, but God bless you. We love you so much. We'll see you next weekend. God bless you.